Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lant. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is an educator, an entrepreneur, and a hip-hop enthusiast. Mr. Truth Hall, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me, Mr. Lampkin. I really appreciate your platform, man. Thanks a billion, bro. Hey, man. It's a Listen, let me tell you, it's an honor to have you as a guest. Like, I've, we, we it's, it's not like we were, like, close friends, but I've always respected you as a young man in the hallways of Suitland and then just to see um, the man you've grown into. So the respect has always been there and I'm sure they'll stay there. Oh, thank you, brothers. These friends are mutual, man. I really appreciate you. The dialogue that you have on this platform, uh, the guests that you choose to have and the direction in which you move your conversation, man, is very respectable. So thank you, brother. Oh man. Thank you. Those words mean a lot. So let's, let's get right into it, man. Um, me and you were talking offline and you said something really interesting before we started recording. You said technology is making us smarter and dumber. You have to elaborate on that. Right. Um, once again, man, it's just like anything like power is all how you use it. And um, because technology allows us, it's, it's a shortcut. You know, if you grow up with it and that's the generation that's now, they don't appreciate it as much. Imagine being, you know, four years old and having an iPad or an iPhone and knowing how to ask uh, an AI, ask Siri for anything you want, to play the music you want, to get the recipe you want, to give you ideas, to, to do your multiplication problem, to tell you what time it is. You'll never learn how to read an analog clock because you can just ask Siri. You know what I'm saying? You'll never have to go through your math facts and memorize multiplication because you have the computer there, the AI there to do it for you. So therefore, you know, it, technology instills in us a sense of laziness and entitlement. So the children who are growing up with that and they're not being parented and being parented by technology is 10 times worse. Those kids who are taking advantage of it, they know that you got a chat GPT that you can ask anything, help you write a business proposal. Maybe um, you can go to YouTube university and learn how to put together, you know, any part of a house or fix anything that falls apart in your house. That's when technology can benefit those who are eager and those who are still hungry and want to move things forward. Uh, the others that will be utilized by technology almost equivalent to slavery. Um, if I might, hey, I don't want to be that extreme, but that is the truth. Because when you don't have an education and you rely on other things, you pretty much a slave. So it's very scary. And being within the school system and seeing how it's being utilized, I'm seeing the effect of these four year olds with iPads eight years later. So now they're 12 and subtraction is not a thing for them. They really can't comprehend. And mind you, they still get put in a, a grade based on their age and their height, but not based on their skill level because no kid left behind, meaning no kid is getting left behind no matter no matter how far behind they are. They're supposed to be in the fifth grade. They're going to be in the fifth grade, but their brain's still in the second. And that's all attributed to technology and even got our teachers working less hard. So it's just, it's, it's tragic, but it's also a blessing. So just be careful of, you know, where we moving with the technology that we're using and how we administering or abusing it in our children's hands. You know, that's just me, how I'm seeing it. Go ahead. Let me interrupt you. Did you, because I, I want to make sure I heard you right. Did you say it makes the teacher's job less, less harder? Is it you say that or I heard misheard? Yeah, no, it's, it's making the teacher's job less hard, but it's also making the teachers lazy too. Um, uh. I say this because I'm seeing a lot of uh, we getting it in the education system. They're pushing a lot of programs, um, computer based program learning. So they have uh, 
programs such as uh I've ready uh of course I got Khan Academy which I which I think is great uh Dreambox for kids you might you might be a, you know most parents might be familiar with these so what these are self-paced uh programs so like let's just say you're in the sixth grade but you take a test in this program called I ready it's supposed to tell you what grade level you actually on in math so it's tell you in the third grade fine. So it puts you on the third grade learning path where you can self-learn. However, imagine being in the fifth grade and not being able to access third grade math and your teacher just gives you, sits you down every for 30 minutes per class and tells you to just work by yourself on this computer. Now, the computer, of course, is walking through third grade math with you, but you also have a reading issue. So you're not comprehending this. And it allows you to punch your numbers until you get the answer right. So then your teacher going to look at your form on this computerized based program and say, oh, you passed your lesson. But all you really did was punch in the numbers until you got it correct. It lets you get it wrong until you got it correct and look like, oh, you know this now, but you don't. You just mastered how to use this technology, but you ain't learning nothing. And the teacher just marking you up like, okay, the program, you moved up two space in the program. You're doing better. No, teacher, go teach that person. Teach like they taught in the 90s. Sit them down, make them repeat the same problem. Make them explain the problem, make them write it out again and again. We're getting away from that, and kids are getting away from their proper education or their proper grade level. And it's a, it's an alarming. I don't think most people, the average person, don't go into school and know how far we behind as a generation, uh, of this generation, how far they behind academically. I don't think most people are asking their kids. They probably ask their kids how was school, and the kid says good, or it was okay, and they leave it at that. Or on Christmas, your grandparents come to town like, how you doing in school? You're like, I'm doing good, grandma. But grandma don't know you have no clue of your grade level math. And this goes on for years and years. So it's it's a big struggle in the education system as far as where technology is taking us. You you've been teaching for 19 years. Mm-hmm. How how would you say you have because you actually you would actually fall in the category of being an old school teacher because technology wasn't what it is now 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. How would you describe yourself as a teacher then and a teacher now? Uh, the the rookie years or my beginning years of teaching, uh, it was just like you you learning, so you don't know. You never like comprehend like the politics of school in the beginning. You just think you don't go ahead. And the kids are kids, man. They will welcome your ass to teaching. Um, so I think the first step in teaching is getting comfortable with dealing with children. I was always good. I was always a youth, uh, work at, coming out of Rice of Passage at Suitland. They always had us working with younger people. So I had a knack and I had good mentors that always worked with me. So I had good role models to know how to deal with younger people. So once I got an initial hump of classroom control, which wasn't a big, huge hump for me, that's like usually the biggest hump. I think that's what the beginning years were based on, knowing how to control your classroom and not just the behaviors in your class, because that was never hard for me, but more or less the time in your class. And then learning about um, standards and what you're actually teaching your curriculum and how to pace it within that nine months. So a lot of my beginning years was just trying to cram that lesson planning, trying to do right. Um, Once I got it, it became like the back of my hand. Oh, I could just wake up and, and, and go do this. Now, when it came to the biggest difference um, is the switch in curriculum. Hillary Clinton, every time we get a new administration, they get some new uh, se- secretary of education and they try to reform education. Um, and I've been through a lot of that. And we think the government 
you know, it doesn't have a direct effect on locals, but it 100% does. Um, and the biggest difference I've seen from like teaching, and I taught middle school the whole time, but like from coming in in 2004, fresh out of college, 2004, 2005, what I noticed was um, the, the basis was there. So we grew up um, and never, we don't know how we learned multiplication. I'm sure you don't. And most of the young people don't. We memorize multiplication. Mm-hmm. We have multiplication facts. Three times four is 12. We know that, you know what I'm saying? Five times six is 30. We can spit it out in a half a second. Mm-hmm. With the education, uh, security education said around, I don't know what year this was, 2010. They said, that's not good enough. America's too far behind in, in education, math, science, whatever. We got to catch up with China. Um, so it's not enough to memorize multiplication fact, but kids need to understand and concept multiplication. Why is three times three nine? Now, you know, not, forget just three rows of three being nine. Like why? Answer that. Forget math and putting down nine. I need you to write a paragraph to explain why three times three is nine. And that confused the hell out of children in America. <laughs> that confused. I'm confused man. listening to you talk. About yes, <laughs> that confused. Like, no, concept. A lot of things are conceptual now, and the kids got to answer the why. If you're a parent and you get your kids' math work, and you're like, what the hell is this new math? Math don't get new. There's no such thing. There's new ways of explaining. They're not explaining like we were taught or like they even taught like we were even teaching seven years ago. All the new curriculums change and they just throw monkey wrenches in it for the kids and for the teachers. We're teaching stuff that we never learned in school. That's why you see that uh, it's a PEMDAS. Please educate my dear Aunt Sally. But it's like a meme that goes around um, the Internet and they'd be asking, like, what's the answer to this question? And they'd be like three uh, plus six parentheses, five plus nine, close parentheses. And, And it's a big old argument. There's like a literal argument between like our generation of our generation versus the generation after. It's like, what is the hell is the answer? Because we was taught parentheses, exponents, uh, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction, and we just do it in that order. We read it. Okay. We're taught now. It's taught that you do multiplication, division, left to right. Not if division first, you do that first. Not multiplication, you do it left to right. You do addition, subtraction left to right. So those things, those nuances and changes in the curriculum and and the way of thinking and the way of learning for American children has confused the children and got them frustrated and they can't access it. And now it's a whole different thing. Entitlement, like I said, technology. So now you get kids who just, man, you can probably go to school. We saw Dr. Allen. You can't imagine Dr. Allen walking in the classroom and every student in that classroom not straightening up or shutting up or somebody like blatantly getting smart with a teacher or Dr. Allen sitting in your class. And then they get smart with the teacher. Not only that, they turn them in, if Dr. Allen tried correct, imagine them cursing Dr. Allen. Now. That's the kind of students we're dealing with today. That kind of entitlement and that kind of like disregard for authority. And I'm not saying it's all students. I don't even want to, I'm coming off wrong because don't we don't have a negative generation. It's just that we have students that bold now. We have the opposite, too. We have, like, really genius students. So so the major difference is just the way the kids access learning and the way they care for the learning and the respect for learning. So it's getting it's getting real hectic, man. I know I'm giving a lot of long-winded answers. I'm going to try to shorten them. But it's, it's like that was a good question, man. But, yeah, that's the biggest difference, though, is just how we access and learning for teachers and students.
let me because because of these changes um to how you learn and the old generation versus the new generation, new math, old math. Has it robbed you of any passion of teaching? Uh, no, not necessarily. So I'm a, I'm actually an advocate for the concept. If you're a math teacher, you already concept math. You already get it. You love it. So I love for my students to get that aha moment. The ones who can get it, the high level students, I'm really enjoy spawn with them, seeing their level of thinking, seeing them grasp it at a younger age and a higher level. Um, but I also get frustrated uh, with the fact that like some of these kids who can't, cause everybody's not a math person. I know grown ass adults who, who got to uh, go to their calculator to find out how much they post a tip at the restaurant. So, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you know, for me, it's funny. Like, bro, if you don't just multiply bro, like, times, that's over, over, man. Oh my yeah, God. There man, you go. Man. Right. But <laughs> you get it. Everybody is not like, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be great in something. So if math ain't your thing, I ain't going to knock that. So for those kids who not going to be mathematical thinkers, and I and I love mathematical thinkers because if you're a mathematical thinker, you 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 actually that's a lot. It says a lot more about you. It it talks about your resilience and your critical thinking. If you can think math, you can think critical, meaning you can be an engineer and solve problems. So I love that. But for the children who who not engineers, who just like workers, or they just more simple people, not imbeciles or anything, they should be given a math accessible like we learned it. They need to just take their ass like a rap song and go three times one is three, three times two is six, three times three is nine until they remember it like they remember them trash music that they listen to or them trash video games that they play. So if they can't get it the conceptual way, I believe in going back and teaching the old school way because you need your math facts. You need your sight words. You need the basic shit that we had so you can mainstream. And because kids not learning sight words and math facts, we dealing with a generation that shit ain't no middle class no more. So I can't like have you be a regular mainstream kid and work your way up to be Calvin at McDonald's and get the management position and still be able to raise a family and buy a house because they got an AI bot. We're going to go to McDonald's and punch the shit in on the computer. We don't need you. The food is going to come down and the shit is going to be a computer just like a vending machine. McDonald's won't be man no more. So those jobs that don't require education, we don't need your ass. So what are you going to do? What you going to do if you can't? So if you can't recite words and you can't do basic math, like your mother got away with it. She was able to get a house in Southeast and y'all can be raised in a poor neighborhood and middle class it or low, lower middle class it and still survive. Get your little ass an iPhone. You can feel like you part of the real world and all that. But you can't do what your parents did because there's no space for middle class. They buying, they buying up regular single family homes. Companies in China are buying our single family homes just so you can rent the shits later. There'll be no land for you to buy. There won't be shit for you if you don't get an education. So um, that part, you know what I'm saying? That part scares me a bit of, of how these kids, if they don't mainstream or get the basics, because the basics you were able to survive. We middle-class kids, a lot of our parents were high school graduates and were able to send us to be first-generation college kids. Remember, we graduated Sulin. It was the shit. Like, I remember emails first came out. Everybody would email each other, like, what school are you going to? Shit, like 80% of my graduating class tried college. I don't know how I many graduated a great deal of it, but we tried. Like yeah. we went to that bitch. It was the thing to do. But now education is not being promoted, you know, like it was in 99 when we came up. So, but I still love this shit. Um, I love kids. So I, I tell people I hate the politics of the shit. I hate testing these kids every fucking 
three to four weeks. I hate having conversations about these kids and and directing them to be, you know, testing them for special education or lining them up for these IEPs and shit like that. I, like, I hate that. I hate the adults and the uh, politics of teaching. But like, no, kids still give me hype. Uh, seeing a kid have an aha moment and click, uh, seeing their confidence go up, or they telling me I'm their favorite teacher, I make math easy. That shit is never going to get old. You know, six hours around kids is always going to be faster than eight hours around adults. Yeah, my summer's <laughs> off. It's always, you know, fuck adults. I can't stand adults. They dummies. Kids got a reason to be incorrect. Kids have a reason to, to be curious and say and do dumb things. But when you're an adult and you college educated, man, listen, that's why I never went into admin because I don't like adults. So, no, I'm still enjoying it for the most part. Um, teaching, I can't do it much longer because the generational gaps, um, you know, generation after generation, these kids get like, I'm getting older, they're getting young, they're getting the same age, but you know, it's only so much time you can do in this shit. And I'm the old guy on the block. Even though I look young and shit, I'm 43. Most teachers be, and if they're in a the classroom, they like, you know, mid to, you know, early 20s to mid 30s. And then they move on to admin. And, you know, I can't do the admin shit because I curse an adult out. I'm an advocate <laughs> for the kids. You know, I'm going to be all for the kids. Ain't shit happening. I'm, you know, money be missing from the school. You know, I, I do my chess club and I, and I teach my math class. Anything else, I don't want nothing to do with anybody in the school no disrespect but i just don't like teachers um i think teach well i don't say i don't like teachers i don't like adults but teachers i always say this we we the same age as the kids we teach so if you're a fifth grade teacher your ass is gonna be on some fifth grade shit to some point in your life i'm a middle school teacher so i'm always joking and, and being an asshole because my kids are assholes so <laughs> i'm on their level you know what i'm saying it keeps me young keeps me useful don't keep me thinking or stressed out like the average adult i stay with their energy i'm a kid so I love that. And the moment I get out, I feel like that's when my gray hair is going to kick in. I'm going to get old as shit and be lazy or something. So um, which is soon, though, which is soon. It's the next year or two. So but that's in short, in short, brother. That's that's how I feel about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? How did you even get into teaching? Uh, fucking brother victorious. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I came out of school with a communications degree, radio, bro. I just knew I was. I always wanted a big ticket job. Like that was my going to college. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to host Rap City. Shout out to my man, Joe Clear. And I was going to work a radio show. I was going to have like a morning drive or I was going to have a rush hour drive. But little did I know that shit don't happen. Like people don't leave radio jobs. Donnie Simpson, you remember how long he was in his job? You remember fucking Tom doing a ticket? So until radio blew up, when uh, XM came in and internet radio, Radio was the shit and people not leave these jobs. So I literally had to like, I said I was going to take Ticket job. Nigga, I had to wait for Ticket to leave and really take his job. And I wasn't next in line. So uh, I got a job at a KYS. I was an intern for Oh Say the Dark Secret. I don't know if you remember him, but. Yeah, I do. I remember that. Yeah, afternoon. Uh, so I got in. I was size KYS, you know, Oh Say the Dark Secret. That's the guy. And um, I ain't nobody flunky. Mind you, I already had a business in high school at the time. So I thought I was, I had a business in college. I was rocking. So, uh, and I had a radio show in college. This shit was mine. Everything was up and up television, up and up radio, up and up promotion. So this my shit. I'm doing everything, you know? So I get out and got to work. Fucking KYS. And I think I know how to run a radio show. Shit. I had Method Man on my radio show. T.I. came on my show in college. So I'm like, <laughs> I got, I got some shit under my belt. So when I get into KYS, you know, it's not, Radio is not as glamorous as people think. Now, you just sit in a small-ass room, K-1, 
playing a computer program of songs that's already programmed for you. You taking calls of people request and you can't play the shit they request and they request the shit that's on your playlist. You record their request and then the shit you're going to play. So you call in at 530. You want to hear boys, the men, my fucking boys, the men already on my radio clock for 615. I'm going to record your call. And at 615, I'm going to play that shit back saying James requested boys, the men end of the road. This goes out to you, James. You waited an hour to hear some shit that I was already going to play. It was a trick. So I'm learning all this. But what I'm learning more is like, it's no fun in this shit. It's just you and fucking equipment. So mm-hmm. all Osei got me doing, because all he do, every five songs, he say his call letters. It's Osei the Dark Secret. You listen to WKOS 93.9, uh, K, you know, Kiss FM. That's it. Then he go back for another 30 minutes and play shit. And we talk in between that. Well, he have other people come in, major label people. I'm watching Wale come in when he was, you know, doing his thing. Uh, and we just talk. But all he had me do was fill up his water bottle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? So after like two weeks of filling up this dude's water bottle, and I'm thinking I'm on his level. I'm like, nigga, teach me something. You know, teach me this boy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, I'm not coming here filling up this man's water bottle. I, I quit. And um, <laughs> at the time, so that was what I was doing just as an intern. I was making my own money, though. So I had a college. I wasn't tripping. Um, I had uh, around this time, I think it was 2009. Is when we started. Yeah, I started the uh the up and up open mic around 2009. Um and so that was like my bread and butter. I forgot what I was doing before that, but I had a job. I had a, oh, I was doing IT. So I got out and my brother, my older brother, this nigga makes stupid money. All these IT dudes make stupid ass money. So I got into <laughs> IT with him. He got me like uh help desk. So you just answer phones and reset passwords. Easy enough for me. I'm really good with computers. But um, I'm not good at smiling for white people. I'm not. I'm just not good at that shit. I'm not good at the. I can't do the, the click your heel shit. I can't do that. So uh, I was government contracting and shit. But I would never smile. Like I said, I don't do adults. I won't smile in meetings and white people come around. That was you were supposed to do. They don't say it, but it's fucking closed little. It's a little underwritten rule that you you know make faces when they come around and act different. And when they was telling me when I did it. I worked in this government, the CFTC building, uh, Committee Com- Commodities Future Trading Commission. Okay. And when you get to the building, they tell you as you go upstairs, like the high levels are up higher on the steps. So you got to treat people different. So if I come fix your computer on the fifth floor, I'd come treat you like, what's up, Mr. Lampkin? Blah, blah, blah. I say what's up to you. But if I go to the ninth floor, I can't. I got to stand outside these people's office and, and request permission to walk in. Mm. I got to do all of this extra shit. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why do I got to treat people different? It was weird to me. So anyway, I ended up getting fired from that job just because I wouldn't smile. No bullshit. I'm not making this up. I do nothing wrong. Nah, I'm lying. I did fall asleep at a meeting. And it was like, it was like a small table. It was like a table where everybody could see everybody. My man kicking me under the table and shit. Like, nigga, wake up. Like, like, yeah. But the boss was like, everybody was like two feet of each other. That's how small it is. I think I was high as hell. I just fell asleep. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, that was like cause for the dude to find me. But they already had said some shit to, about me. They didn't like the way I wasn't smiling for the white. That was really what it was. But that was the cherry on top of the ice cream. My ass fell asleep. So long story short, uh, my brother Vic was into education. He was already a teacher. He he went to school for that shit. Him and my man Myron, uh, Myron Long, they was funny because every time we was in school, I was communication. I was throwing parties and doing drugs and shit while they was studying all night long, writing papers. I'm laughing at him like, nigga, shit. My, my whole project is a radio project. I got to record radio or shoot some television 
So it's like this shit ain't even school. This is easy. So when we get out, my brother working at the school, he like, bro, you can come sub because you ain't doing shit during the day. I was making decent money and a substitute was like some bullshit. Literally, it's $100 a day. They pay you $100 a day. That's how much I was working for. So I was not going in for the money because after taxes, that shit is like $70 a day. I'm working six hours. Nigga. That's like $10 an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like it was not about the money. So I went and I'm working this shit. Like my brother, man, was the principal. This is Mr. Uh, Coleman. That's his main man. So I was so good at subbing that as soon as I got to subbing, these motherfuckers were not, they, they was robbing me because the principal would not hire his missing staff. So like say every school start out the school year with vacancies. So like say you ain't got no math teacher, but you got brother truth to come in and sub. So you and your budget, you're like, fuck that. I'm about to save $90,000. I'm not hiring no math teacher. Truth is better than my math teacher. So I'm keeping this nigga as a sub. So I worked for like three goddamn years as a substitute teacher, making $100 a day, going in for 162 days. I would work every day. Now, I didn't even look at my family. That's why I let the child support because I was making nice money selling my clothes and doing my events. So I was paid. And I think I did something. I can't remember what else I was doing, but I was not just teaching. So I'm covering bills, whatever, but this is my daytime job. So he was like, man, you better get a license. But to get the license in PG, they was trying to make me go back to school. They don't play that shit. They like, you got to have this many credits. You got to pass your practices and this shit. I'm like, you can pass the practices with my eyes closed. So I studied for the practices and I passed the shit. Um, but D.C. don't make you go back to school. You ain't got to do all that shit. You ain't got to go to school, get your credits. So I passed the practices and went right over to charter school. They paying me way more than PG was ever paying. What PG salary make? Well, oh, this is my shit. This is what I'm doing. But I work for Vic. I worked with Vic and that principal for about seven, eight years. After I did get a license in PG for a two-year provisional. So I was working with them for a long time, and it just became second nature. And I was so fresh, I never had a career. This just what became my real career. Once they paid me a salary, I'm like, fuck it, I'm a teacher. Um, and never look back. So now that I'm realizing, I look up 19 years later, I'm like, this ain't what the fuck I went to school for. This ain't what I love to do. So now I don't have, I'm like, what the fuck I'm going to do? I'm trying to go back to IT or do something simpler because, like I said, generationally, this shit is just getting old. But yeah, victorious. And this, this is all his fault. This nigga, he made me a damn teacher and then when became an administrator, left my ass in teaching. So I so, can't stand his ass. So <laughs> would you, so you were actually, you saying, are you saying you would actually go ahead and walk away from the 19 years or? Yeah, 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 man. I'm still young and I got, you know, that money everywhere because I work for so many different districts, but hell yeah. Um, you know, like I'm, the thing about teaching is it's it's a public information. So I work for great uh, blessings that I work for the highest paid uh, teachers in the country. D.C. the highest paid. So we make a, a nice bit of money. But when I'm looking around and I'm seeing my friends in engineering and my friends in IT and they don't cap, you know, they in a, they approaching 200,000, if not, you know, at 200,000, you know, and it's like the work they're doing is fucking it's not work. It's easy. They're home. They're doing remote fucking work. They're pushing computers. They're pushing next. It's like this shit is you can do a monkey to do this job. And they're making almost twice as much as me. Like this shit don't make sense. I'm doing all the real work. I'm really changing lives here. I'm really teaching your kids the shit that they're not teaching them at home. I'm really instilling in them confidence. And, you know, you know, not to say put to my own, but this is what we do as teachers. 
Right. So I'm doing all of this and we being paid, you know, a pensions and we got to deal with all this nonsense. So hell yeah, I switched careers in a blink of an eye. <laughs> um, and, but, and that's the thing about it. I'm a black male math teacher. So that is like an infinite job security. So like I, I'm, I talk about walking away and changing careers, which I will do soon, but I'm never have a threat of not having a job. I can go anywhere and like, shit, it's, it's the middle of the school year. I promise you I can find a job right now as a math teacher. I can leave my school and get hired. Because that's something I want. That's something I, I have to talk to you about because I'm mm-hmm. glad you said it. You are a black man. That's a male teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, black man is a teacher. What? Yeah. So when you when when we say that, what? How does that make you feel like? Because you have a you have an impact on lives that I don't. I hope you recognize the impact you have. But I just wanted you to talk about that because that's very important. You are a black male teacher, which is not a lot of. <laughs> um, it's an interesting thing, you know, because um, these kids don't, it sounds funny, but the kids, a lot of kids don't even have fathers. So not having a father is, is wow. Like the thing I had a father. So to not have a father, like that shit gotta be crushing. Like, I can't even imagine it, but I can see the reflection in a lot of kids from their behaviors, from their confidence, from their attitudes and like no knocking because you, you can be whatever you want. But like there's not a lot of male teachers on top of that is even less black male teachers mm-hmm. and sexuality ain't got shit to do with shit in the long run of things. But like there's not a lot of straight black male teachers. Mm-hmm. Um and not to say that, like, I give a fuck or, like, you know, got anything against uh, whatever people choose. Uh, it's just that being a straight man is an influence, just as being, like, a gay man or being a woman is an influence. So if you're not seeing uh, a straight male influence in your household and then you come to school and you're getting more feminine male influence and more feminine influence because your mom is raising you, it's kind of like confusing it kind of don't make you feel you know what i'm saying like you this is a place for you to be school feels like outwardly for you because nobody looks like you and nobody acts like you in this building and you can't access education from nobody so you get confused on how to act and i really it really hit me last year um it's really funny is the example is crazy because i was threatened by two students like threatened um i i'd be pushing to teach kids buttons because i like once again i'm like that Almost, I'm not saying I'm a father figure, but like an uncle, like a like an old school '90s male figure that's gonna push you, like punk you, almost like toughen you up. So, sir, I'm not gonna take a whole bunch of soft stuff from you. So, I think I was pushing these kids to education. It happened on two different occasions. One little kid, I was making them do some math out loud. Not, I, I don't put kids on the spot, but if I ask you a question, you know, you got to answer that question. I'm only gonna ask you based on your level. So, if I know that you're struggling with something, I'm not gonna ask you the high level part of the scaffolding. I might have a level that you can access. Like, what's three plus six? But that might be part of the problem we're doing. So you can tell me nine. I might not ask the next kid, uh, what's 27 divided by nine? You know what I'm saying? Which is not a hard question, once again, but it's it's harder than three plus six, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm asking the kid a question, and um, he can't access it, so he getting frustrated, but I'm pushing him. Um, and he get mad, and he go off. And the class is silent, because my class is a class respect. He like, hey, bleep, bleep, you this, that. I get you bleeped up. I mean, you think you tough? Like, whoa. I'm like, who said I was tough? 
like, yeah, I, man, woman come up here and whoop your ass, naming somebody from his neighborhood or something. Like, I guess it's the, but you know, me, I'm from the same place you from, little brother. None of those words, <laughs> none of those words made me feel threatened. And that name, you name, I wish you would have when your little 20 or 19 year old friends from the neighborhood come up. He too stupid to even get at me. Come on. I'm stupid enough to tell you here, use that phone over there. So I, I go off on a little dude, not go off, but I just make it worse. You know what I'm saying? By like, bro, I'm not scared. You didn't, you know, but we in a class. So it's one-on-one. He gets steamed. I mean, like almost red, black guy almost get red to the point he walk out the class. He's so mad. I'm like, carry on. No biggie. I pissed off a little black boy. It happens. You know, I don't lose no sleep. Man, that little boy, after seeing, I guess he just wanted to test me and see if, you know, I'm from the same place if, you know, he was sad. You know, he was embarrassed. Anytime you do something like that's an outburst. I know the kid's embarrassed. Man, this little boy, after that incident, every single day, he go out his way. What's up, Brother Truth, Mr. Hall? He come be in the morning. He comes to say what's up to me in between classes. There's been two years now since then. He's never, ever, ever not go out his way if I'm in school or he in school to come say what's up to me and show me respect just because he know I didn't have that fear or he couldn't punk me because that ain't going to work on me. Those tactics are not going to work. And it happened with another kid the same way. So just knowing that they see that they want to, they need respect from a man that they want to see a man, you know, saying be a man to a certain extent. I ain't saying be a man, like, you know, the rainbow community, not men, but they want to see that nineties toughness. Everybody want to be raised the same way. So having a black male figure, um, old school male figure in the classroom, it does wonders for certain demographics of the population. Gotcha. So people feel like they're not accessing that. They're not seeing that at home. They're not seeing it in the school. They can come to me and see something that, see, like, I was that little nappy-headed nigga. I was the one that was, that they was looking at the test scores and being like, he ain't gonna make it. You know what I'm saying? They was trying to find ways for me so I can see you and not let you make excuses for yourself. So that's why it's important for me. I see myself in them. And I think that they may see some of themselves in me. So I think that's why it's important. And I know I, I'm always going to get a job because of that. And I can teach, though. Most importantly, fuck all that blackmail shit, throw all it out the window. I can teach <laughs> math. Like, anybody, anybody. I go around the school every year I'm in the school. Like, I'm competitive. I want to know, did your scores go up as much as mine? Did mine go up more than yours? And if you beat me, nigga, it's on next year. I'm talking shit. <laughs> like, I'm all about that. It's, everything's is a rap. It's hip-hop for me. So it's a competition. So I'm trying to get my kids to, to to do the greatest progression they ever made. I want all my kids to understand math. Fuck a test. Fuck your grade. I want you to understand mathematics so you can access this shit in real life and go on and be successful in life. So, yeah, yeah, bro. I know I'm saying a lot. You got to cut me off sometimes because your questions are open-ended. I'm just getting into <laughs> it. Mm -hmm. I, I got to ask you this um, because you... One thing, I've, you know, I've known you for a lot of years, and you are avid, avid chess player. Yeah. Um. Does you you and you bring it to the classroom too? I wanted mm -hmm. to know, like, what, what's the motivation for that? Um, it's a lady, um, somewhere in this universe. If she's passed on, God rest her soul. Um, I owe it all to her. Her name is Miss Mac Means. Uh, you would think you can find people in this Facebook age, but I uh, can't. Um, Morningside Elementary. Um, yeah, I'd be, let me see, uh, probably 1991. Uh, this guy, a little, what do you like? Yeah, so 92, 91, 92, around fifth grade. I was getting suspended 
as I said, I see myself in the sky. I was fighting from my parents getting divorced. I think I was trying to fake take that shit out in the school, just using it as an excuse. I was from a, a neighborhood that was notorious just for tough being tough. Yeah. So I, you know, I was a uh, I was part of that bullshit. So I was getting suspended um every other day. Like my parents was getting divorced. So you know how that go if uh you know the the play the dozens in elementary school type shit. So somebody say your mother, that's gonna happen every day. So as soon as you say my mother, nigga, <laughs> sweet, thank you. Thank you, nigga. I'm hauling off. It's a fight, you know, and then um and you mess with Vic. Vic don't mess with nobody. So like all you had to do is say something to Vic, nigga. I'm good. Let's this a wrap. I'm going straight at you. Cause like really, you know. So I was that guy. I had some misplaced anger, had anger management uh, issues, and they got tired of suspending me. Um and they said we're gonna put you in a chess club. I said, What the fuck? <laughs> like, I ain't no nerd. You ain't had me put no fucking nerds with these losers in the chess club. What? <laughs> Best thing ever happened to me in my life, bro. Uh, it, it immediately fixed my anger management because I got in chess club and I thought I was losing because I was new. So I was losing and, you know, losing. First thing I want to do is fight. <laughs> like, like, but it's stupid. It's two things that you don't want to lose and, and fight. One is boxing. You lose in boxing. You don't want to fight the nigga after you lose in boxing. What's going to happen? You can get your ass whipped again <laughs> in chess. Chess is even worse than boxing when you think about it because when you're losing chess, they beat you up in the brain. He outsmarted you. And that shit hurt way more than getting physically. You're supposed to. That's why boxing got weight classes. But ain't no weight class in, in chess. Um, so I got pissed. I'm losing to this. It was like one white dude in my whole school. Was, uh, what was that white boy name? God damn. Uh, Pierce. That was in high school. I can't even remember middle school. But losing to him wasn't cool. I'm like, damn, white boy beat me. So now I'm like, I want to fight. I can't fight. I'm going to look real stupid fight his ass. So <laughs> all I can do is get better because you ain't smarter than me because I still, even though I was a hood silly, I thought I, you know, I was smart. So I'm like taking confidence in my intelligence. So I'm like, man, I got to learn the game so I can beat you. You know what I'm saying? So I learned the game. I wouldn't do nothing but stay the hell out of that game. And then um, it it opened me up even more because we had a, there's a national tournament every year. And I'm psyched to say I took my kids to national tournament for the first time last year. And um, I was in the fifth grade. It was in this year, that year. It was probably 92, 93. It was held in Charlotte, North Carolina. i never forget because the Charlotte Hornets was good during that time. And it was around the playoff time. We went and it was Charlotte everywhere. It was, they was a new franchise because Charlotte Hornets wasn't always in the league. They were new right. when they got Bonzo Morning, Muggsy Bowes and shit. I just remember going to Charlotte, a black city, doing this chess tournament and seeing Charlotte Hornets shit, seeing black people up. But I traveled by myself. My parents ain't go. We, you know, we went with the school. And I met my father giving me $100. And I thought I was the richest nigga ever. Gave me $100 in <laughs> money. That shit was lit for me, right? But I'm by myself, you know, with the chess club, whatever. And I remember uh, an Asian dude, probably from New York, just fucking 2,000 kids playing chess. We stayed in the hotel and all that. It was a big experience for me. But the Asian dude from New York beat me. And when he beat me, he raised his hand and shit. He shook my hand because I'm supposed to shake hands. And then he started resetting the pieces and tell me how he beat me. I got pissed off. I was so mad. Like, nigga, you don't tell me how you beat me. You trying to teach me? For I ain't get mad at him physically, but in my brain, I was like, bro, I got to I gotta get back. I got to learn this shit. And I lost to like a hand. I played a handicapped person. I, I played a white girl. So I'm like, chess opened me up. Like, to I'm coming from PG County where all you see is black people. So I'm like, this game is fucking like that. And you can be handicapped in play. You can be small in play. You can be any race. 
You can be anything. So that shit just made me like a avid chess player in the sixth grade in that tournament and Miss Mac mean. So I love her so much. And because she changed, literally changed my fucking life because I was headed for some bullshit. My guys are hood. All the guys I grew up with, like they hood, they on some bullshit. They end up smoking the wrong drugs and becoming alcoholics and doing wild shit as we grew older. And it was all forecasted from those early ages of like the sixth through ninth grade when niggas is trying to find themselves. And then, you know, I would have been with them if it wasn't for chess, you know what I'm saying, and hip hop. So because of that, like I automatically, I'm not the best chess player in the world. Like I, I, I reached the cap. Um, but the the biggest part about it is because me, I don't no questions asked. I'm no money or nothing. I don't give a fuck about no money or nothing. I'm gonna teach kids chess because Miss McMean saved my fucking life with the game of chess. So I'm gonna give it to as many kids as I can. And I'm proud to say, uh, I don't know how many chess clubs I had, man. Over 12. I had over 12. I went into it at least 12 different sets of young people chess graduate middle school. That's on my own chess clubs, but I had other chess clubs that I worked for. So I done taught hundreds of kids the game. Um, but what I'm most proud of is that I got at least three kids that I know right freaking now that they, they hit me all the time on chess.com. They like graduated school, they're in college. Some of them now, some of them is not even in college. One of them is in high school, but they call me and they hit me online just to bust my ass in chess because they got so good. They can beat me now. <laughs> I taught kids. No, I really have taught kids that are better than me now. Because wow. and why they became better than me? Because all they want, because I'm like I said, I talk shit. So I got a black chess club. Like I'm beating the kids and making them get better. Like you can't beat me playing three of them at one time, whooping them. They go mad, they get mad, they study, they read books. And some of them are really better than me now. Like I can't beat their ass. Like <laughs> I won't even play sometimes. I got one little smart, and it's always the kids that smart asses that I'm gonna say I don't like, but they get on my damn nerves. The ones who got on my nerves, <laughs> they know because I give them the hardest time and they beat me now. So yes, the game of chess is, is highly important to me. And I tell kids they know I'm I'm an asshole around the school, but like I'm very serious about my math, but I'm even more serious about chess. You can't even come in my chess club. I teach chess every day for free. My lunch period goes to chess. My break, uh, I I got I don't leave my classroom. Kids come in and we learn chess. I got a bunch of girls this year too. So I've I got over like eight girls in my chess club this year. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I love it, man. Thanks for asking. Cause that's my, that's really my favorite thing to do is teach the game of chess. Wow. I, I want to close with this. This, this is the best way I, I feel like to close with you. Um, if you could name one hip hop song to, to, dis, um, to define you, what would it be? <laughs> Uh, it might be a uh, prodigy, man. Keep it thorough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that shit is uh, it's probably the essence of like that song is everything. It's just hard for no reason, and I think that's me sometimes. Like you know, what I'm saying not like overly aggressive, but just you know, this nigga come out as I break bread, ribs, hundred dollar bills, <laughs> peeling off the potties, another four wheels, write a book full of medicine to generate crib. He's, I think that shit is just one verse. He just goes in and he don't stop. This nigga like throw a TV at you crazy. Like throw a TV. Where that come from, bro? Like it's so out of nowhere, man. And I remember like, I think I heard that song for the first time. I probably played it back like maybe 12, 15 times in a row. That's, that's just one of those jams. And Prodigy is so underrated. You know what I'm saying? As a rapper, he might be top five out of New York. If you really think about it, he's like a real great underrated rapper and mob deep too. So. That beat, that song, it's like a perfect song. It's one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time, but it's also 
very uh, reminiscent, uh, parallel to my personality. So that's a dope song. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I really thank you for doing this, man. I've been wanting to do it for a couple of years and you definitely didn't disappoint me. Um, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And also, man, I don't know if the, you know, I don't know if the kids ever say it, but I'll say it for them. Thank you. Because, oh. you know, being a black man and an educator, because we were fortunate enough to see that. And, you know, us going to Suitland, we saw we were we were fortunate to see quite a few black male educators. So right. for you to carry on that torch, man, I'm really it's really an honor to see you do that. So thank you for doing it. Thank you, bro. And thank you for having me, man. And pray for that snow. I'm sorry about you and your government contract, bro. bro. <laughs> That's the snow in the mind. We ain't going into work. <laughs> God, bro. Anytime, man. And I think I'm going to start my podcast, man, because you influenced me. Thanks for that talk, too, brother. I appreciate it. Oh, That's man, it. definitely. Before we is it, it, do you want the people to follow you on any social media platforms or anything? Um, yeah, I guess you can follow me, man, on uh, the, that's T-H-E-U-A-U, Open Mic, the U-A-U Open Mic. That's my platform for the shows we throw. I actually got one coming up in two, uh, two days on Saturday, uh, weather permitting. We're going to be at the Spizzy, uh, throwing our first one in about a year. So we got some very special guests and it's a dope lineup and it's going to be, you know, well attended. So I'm looking forward to that. But the U-A-U Open Mic, uh, check us out. And the website, I guess it'll be back up real soon. I don't want to shout I can't shout it out as uh, upandupallday.com. So by the time, you know, I'm working on it. So I guess give me less than a month, it'll be up. Not sure when this pod dropping, but y'all can keep that uh, that site because it's still my site, upandupallday.com. Thanks a lot, brother. Definitely. Thank you. And I wish you all the best with the, with the teaching and also with the up and up that you got going on. My man. All right, brother. Peace. All right. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lant. My Facebook is also conversations with Lant. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.